0: And like, as we learn more and more scientifically about the energy of emotions and about the gut-brain connection, heart rate variability, the mind-body connection, there's so many things that can be processed bottom up. And a lot of the other things, once those immediate um, life-threatening things are treated, it's about they can treat the symptom for you and then you need to go find the cause. So for me, when I was in high school dealing with depression and they were messing with what meds they would give me, which were serotonin reuptake inhibitors, makes sense. And leaving you depressed, which you're depressing, you're pushing down the shit you need to feel. You know, when you don't love yourself, you're lacking oxytocin. So how can you do things that trick your body into feeling good for a while? So you can deal with the big things that you actually leaving you feeling like shit.
1: Welcome to the Powerfully On Purpose podcast, a podcast for the young and inspired to come and learn from some of the most elevated entrepreneurs in their industry, to hear what they've done to step into a life powerfully on purpose. I'm your host, Maggie Tilly, a former uninspired workaholic who left her nine to five at the age of 22 to step into educating and supporting ambitious business owners and leaders on how to embody their power, cultivate confidence, and elevate into a life of impact and choice. Each week, I'll be introducing you to some insane guests who will share their story of what it took for them to start living their life powerfully on purpose. Here at the Powerfully On Purpose community, we are devoted to educating and supporting you while you take the next steps towards the life you've always dreamt of. I can tell that you're committed to your growth and your vision by simply being here, so I'm not going to let you sit around any longer. Let's get into this episode, hey?
2: Hello and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Powerfully On Purpose podcast. Today, I have a self-love and empowerment coach who is living boldly to inspire others to step into themselves love themselves and do all the things that often we are scared to do which is so exciting she's the founder of this isn't me podcast she's a yoga and meditation teacher and she is just an overall boss lady i love what she does <laughs> and i love what she stands for and i'm so excited to have this conversation so let me welcome veronica jane
0: hello hi everybody hello how are you great it's so fun to hear someone speak to me the way I decided I was going to live a while ago and then see myself living and be like, yeah, I am that.
2: Oh yeah. I love that. With that being said, among all the labels and all the things that I just shared, who actually is Veronica Jane?
0: Oh my goodness. A human. Well, doing a human experience at least and learning every day, figuring out the layers of pretending that I've been living under all the masks, the social expectations, the shoulds, and discovering more and more of my authentic expression every day. So the way I speak to myself often is like I'm open-minded, an open-hearted lover of life, um an explorer of all things like I just want to see it all and do it all and feel it all. And I want to love people as they become more and more authentically themselves as well. So
2: yeah. That's beautiful. How did you step into this world? Like what what changes had to be made in your life to create this life that you currently have?
0: That's a great question, and I feel like a long answer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, people, like I tell, I host a podcast that allows me to unravel all the stories and like the self-limiting beliefs that I found myself trapped under because, you know, I ask people the question too, and when I'm asked it, I'm like, there's not one event, and there's multiple sort of rock bottoms that I hit or realizations that I had that helped me become Who i am now and they're going to continue to occur throughout my life which is so exciting i think if i'm the one that feels like you know that metaphor of like the feather the brick and the truck what felt like the truck to me was i left my marriage three years ago when i had been raised in the christian church thinking the worst thing you could do was get divorced and although i didn't believe that cognitively there was an unconscious belief that that meant something about me and that i was a quitter and that i didn't know how to love Um, so leaving my marriage was actually one of the biggest brain fucks because can I swear? Absolutely. Great. One of the (laughs) biggest brain fucks because I had to let go of a lot of shame stories. Um, and prior to that, my ex-husband and I actually explored in an open relationship format, which again, let me play with the concept of shame and guilt. Um, and I learned a lot through that journey, which I share the, but the ultimate rock bottom that's led me to where I am now, like that big truck was almost actually a year ago, almost exactly today, where the gentleman that I had been seeing after I left my husband in a polyamorous structure, he was my primary partner, the relationship just deteriorated. Like it got so bad. He lied to me at one point and cheated on me around the boundaries that we had. Then he got another woman pregnant. Then he just completely just disappeared. He didn't want to engage with me physically. He just didn't want to spend time with me. And yet I saw myself keep loving keep giving keep trying to be what he wanted until eventually i remember like laying on the floor in my room in my bathroom and just crying and crying and then going oh you're feeling abandoned because you've abandoned yourself like seeing this abandonment story that i've been working on in therapy and um, personal development courses for a few years coming up from my father leaving when i was six years old and me thinking if i just did more if i just loved more I would get the kind of love that I wanted back when ultimately I was abandoning myself and not showing who I was to this person, not really being authentically self-expressed. I was changing my values to fit what this person wanted. I was like changing the way I engage with my body and how I felt safest to honor what I thought this person wanted. And ultimately then that was reflected back to me by this person abandoning me and not wanting to be with me in, in what was actually love. And I got to see that I had self abandoned and that was the only thing that I needed to change is actually turning around and looking at myself. So I spent time before that and like intensely the last year just being like, look at yourself, listen, look, what do you want? How do you want to serve? Who do you want to be? How do you want to move? Where do you want to sleep? Where do you want to live? How do you want to fuck? How do you want to relate? And recognizing like I wanted to be monogamous and I wanted to be fully committed to myself first and then in a relationship. And I wanted to love women and help them step out of unhealthy relationship dynamics and patterns that they'd been playing out, whether in open relationship, polyamorous relationship or monogamous relationships, because both of my relationships weren't serving me when I did the monogamy thing and the polyamory thing. So it was so amazing to just, just hit this rock bottom and have these this person reflect horrible treatment back to me. The things he said to me about my body, the way I looked, the way I smelled, just things that I just took on and believed as true. I was like, Girl, you're not listening to your truth. You're not loving yourself. Go and serve in the world. Go and figure out your purpose, your mission. Focus on that first and that's where you love. That's how you get love back, by loving yourself first and loving from there.
2: Mm, That's huge. And I feel very relatable for a lot of women and probably a lot of women listening right now that in some area of their life, they've abandoned themselves and what they want And I have this conversation with a lot of people around finding out what it is that they want, who they are, all Mm. these questions that people find challenging because there's all these expectations around who they should be or shouldn't be, who they uh, should be with or who they shouldn't be with, what they should be doing on all these things. And I'm curious to know if someone was to ask these questions, like, where do I start with all this? Mm. Where would you point them? Like, what direction? Where can they start?
0: Yeah, that's so fun. I don't think, like with so many things, when people are like, this is the way, I'm like, is it? It's our way. So I don't think there's one starting point because none of us are starting in the same place. So it really depends on where you're at in your journey. And yet, there are specific things that I would recommend and strategies that I would say play with. Like, even with my yoga and meditation teacher training, I'm like, it's mindful ishness. And I kind of do yoga ish because there's so many rigid structures that you can take on that aren't gonna suit you. Like From a yogic perspective, yoga was designed by men for the male skeleton and the male body. So a lot of female postures need to look and adapt and be different. And so same with self-love, it's like, depends where you're at, right? So I'm at the point where with the work that I've done, my self-love might look so different to someone else's. So if you're at the point of watching your internal world and listening to your internal dialogue and you find you're like very self-critical and self-hating, the first thing I would start doing is how do you just get curious? Like, how do you start observing your inner dialogue with awareness and be really honest with yourself and just listen to it, look at what you're seeing in your world and just observe and get curious and then record it in some way, whether you write it down, whether you audio record it, whether you start taking videos in some way, just get radically honest with yourself because that was the big thing for me is I had all these thoughts spinning around in my head and I would say I didn't know what I wanted when ultimately I just didn't want to listen. And because I knew it was asking me to do hard things and I had followed society's prescription for my life in so many ways and to step out of that was so unfamiliar that I didn't want to listen to the voice in my head and I didn't want to take action because it was scary. And so by just starting to listen and starting to look at your life, it is a beautiful place to start. And so I'd had for years, people recommend journaling. And I was like, eh, I used to diary when I was a kid, like it's, what is this? And yet that's one of the most powerful ways I think to start observing your internal world is to start journaling. And for me, that's part of why I make my podcast. A few years before I made a previous podcast where I was just thinking out loud and I'm an external processor. So I get a lot of value from that. So whether you journal, whether you start a podcast that you never share or do by hearing yourself think out loud, or seeing your words on a page, you're gonna be more honest with what's happening in your world. And that can be a great place to just start getting curious. Um, I also think there's this element, if you're stuck in a lot of self-hate is like, you actually are probably in a lot of fear and anger and sadness. So other than things like getting a coach who can work through some of the emotional trauma or a really well, progressively informed therapist, depending on what kind of models they use, um, is to start actually feeling your feelings.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that can be scary too. So having someone support you and witness you and that can be huge. So for me, it was literally just like meditation-ish, mindful-ishness of like laying on the ground and breathing and just being with my body and seeing like I had a really great therapist who in a counseling session taught me to like when I was speaking really fast and house stress, being like, Hey, take a breath. Where are you feeling in your what are you feeling in your body right now? Mm-hmm. And it was literally just about like slowing down enough, breathing low and slow into the belly to go, what is my experience? Tightness in the chest was a big one for me. Spinning, fuzzy numbness here, tension in the back, upper spine. And how do you get attuned to what your physical, um, emotional experience is in your body? Mm -hmm. And then the other third one, so like listening with curiosity and recording it, Becoming aware of your physical experience in your body and how your emotions are moving through your body would be finding ways to bring levity, like laughter and play and humor. So the way I got out of a lot of what in the past I would have labeled depression, which was needing rest and just in, and ignoring my emotions and feeling stuck because I was ignoring my emotional experience, was by laughing. So I watched a lot of stand-up comedy. I used to make jokes. I used to play. Like, I find ways to have fun and laugh and play. Yeah. And there's so much more in all of that. And those are three great places to start. Is like life actually gets to be fun. So even when it feels like depressive or anxious, like you've got to fake it till you feel it sometimes and laughter and play can be a huge part of how you step out of that and bring like a lighter vibrational experience to your physical body so that you can feel good for a while and then go back into some of the heavier emotional experiences that you need to process.
2: I loved every single thing you just shared then. And it's interesting because I do every all of that without necessarily recognizing it. I don't know whether that would have been my answer to my own question. Yeah. Um but I've never been one to journal a lot. So I avoided it and I was exactly the same. I started this podcast because I needed a way to share my thoughts that was yeah. more than just written form. And I couldn't, couldn't work out what it was. And it was actually someone I was working with at the time that goes, why don't you just start a podcast? You don't have to post it. Exactly. like you were saying, it can be just for yourself. I often just am driving in the car and I'll have these thoughts and rather than just speaking them, cause I'm, I'll be honest. I'm one of those people that just speaks in the car when I'm by myself.
0: Yeah. Oh, I talk to myself I all the time. <laughs> I say <laughs> I'm talking to my cat, but it's just to myself.
2: <laughs> the cat just happens to be there.
0: <laughs> Sometimes she's not even in the house and I'm talking to her.
2: <laughs> I love that but yeah I'll just get my phone out and I'll voice record in the like voice memo app and yeah. you know one day maybe I'll listen to it one day maybe I won't but I've had so many breakthroughs just by speaking yeah. out loud the thoughts that are going through my mind and totally when you speak out loud it actually allows them to leave your body because when you're like holding it up bottling it up not writing it out or not speaking it you're you're storing it in your body and, um, that goes into your second point of feeling where it is in your body because these things that we store, they actually show up in our physical. Mm-hmm. I, um, am doing what well, I did on Monday, a masterclass based on the gut health. And I also spoke into other areas in your body that you store emotions, whether it's your heart tension, headaches can be from like anger and things like yep. that, um, it's really interesting that emotions that we're not feeling, are just stagnant energy in the body and yeah. become, and become diseases.
0: Which... Far out. I just got the biggest light bulb mm-hmm. from yeah. what you just said, when you spoke about the head, when I was in primary school, my parents got divorced and I didn't know how to process it. I just went into hypervigilance, perfectionism. And then for years I had headaches and yeah. they got my vision tested, and they're like, you don't really need glasses, but they might support you. And I used to take Tylenol, which is Panadol mm-hmm. like every day. And right then I was like, oh, like what you just said, that was me at that age, not knowing how to deal with my emotional experience and internalizing it and numbing. And it was interesting because when I was a little kid, I used to smash myself on the forehead, like right at where my third eye is and used to just hit it every time I was mad at myself or feeling ashamed or guilty. And it was like hitting myself to feel something and to punish myself, I was like, I didn't want to listen. Mm. Um, but yeah, just so interesting to think about how all those physical ailments can manifest in the body when we're repressing the emotional experience.
2: Yeah. And a lot of these symptoms we're treating with a band aid fix because yep. we're, we're seeking professional advice, which is what is important because, you know, they can help to an extent. But a lot of the time, sometimes it can be as simple as listening to your own body. Knowing what's best for you and then just processing through the emotions and through the things. Yeah, that was my internet. <laughs> I'll edit it out. Can you hear me now?
0: Yay. I don't know if that was my end or yours.
2: No, I think it may be mine for whatever reason. Um, my data or my hotspot changed back to Wi-Fi and the Wi-Fi in my room. Yeah, sticked. weird. So cool. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. We often see professionals, which is great and amazing, and they, they serve their purpose. And also at the same time, a lot of the symptoms that we're going to get treated with, whether it's Panadol or whether it's more, um intense medications or band-aid fixes or whatever it is can be solved by processing our emotions and by listening mm. to our body and moving through the feelings that we're neglecting or have neglected for years. Which then brought me on to your third point, because they all kind of they do. They don't kind of they all do link up together is totally um you were speaking into depression and how yeah. uh that is in in the body and it's stored and etc. Like the one element we need in our body in order to combat depression is serotonin and that is stored in our gut like it's 95 percent of that is in our gut so when we are looking at our emotions affecting our gut and then also the nutrition and listening to all the things like because they all come together it's not just one yeah one way like you were saying that's when we can start combating these um experiences that we're having that we're labeling as depression or anxiety or whatever it is and i think the more people that can understand this and know this the better off our society is the better off the world is and it's just the Mm -hmm. beginning and I know that there's a lot of people out there sharing
0: yeah and that's it and more and more people are getting bold with what they're sharing and challenging the medical model which Mm -hmm. is a sick system and like the way that I had it framed that I was like yeah that's it it's like we 100% value that there are specialists, doctors, and surgeons who can you know, deal with hemorrhaging, who can deal with extreme wounds, who can deal with that immediate need to fix something that could cause like li- life to end quickly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the other things, once those immediate um, life-threatening things are treated, it's about they can treat the symptom for you, and then you need to go find the cause. And like as we learn more and more scientifically about the energy of emotions and about gut brain connection heart rate variability the mind body connection there's so many things that can be processed bottom up by dealing with the body so when i spoke about laughter it's like yeah to get dopamine get serotonin you know when you don't love yourself you're lacking oxytocin Mm -hmm. so you don't feel great so how can you do things that trick your body into feeling good for a while so you can deal with the big things that you actually leaving you feeling like shit and leaving you depressed which you're depressing you're pushing down the shit you need to feel okay. and so that self love part of laughter and and joy is like what what can you do play what can bring you joy now so you feel good for a while so you're ready to go back and deal with the harder stuff and probably the more underarching part of that is what you spoke to is like dealing with the, when I talk about self-love, I talk about starting at the base pyramid too, is actually starting with the physiology. So for me, when I was in high school, dealing with depression and they were messing with what meds they would give me, which were serotonin reuptake inhibitors, makes sense.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, Didn't have an impact for me. They just made me gain a bunch of weight and then I felt depressed because then I was in high school and all the things that were important at that age about being sexy and getting relationships, I just told myself I didn't have access to. So it was about getting my body moving as well getting sunshine. Like I've literally turned 19, 18. I was like, I'm moving to Australia because I hear they have endless sun. And I honestly haven't dealt with depression since living in, in a sunny climate because there's so much sun. Then it, I got this serotonin that I needed and I just took on a more active lifestyle because it was so easy. And then even when I go back to those sorts of climates, I can sustain my mood majority of the time because I've dealt with all the other things. Um, and there's that element of how do you support your physiology to support your neurology Mm -hmm. and then that like continual cycle of back and forth connection between those things. So yeah, find ways to feel good now, even if your life feels like a shit show to then be able to go deal with the shit show.
2: hundred percent. And I was speaking on this in the masterclass the other day around like having so much compassion for people who are genuinely experiencing depressive thoughts and depression. And I'm absolutely not invalidating the experience that they're having Mm. at the same time i've
0: been there i get it
2: yeah at the same time it's like there's a choice in there Mm. to maintain the experience that you're having or making small changes and recognizing that it's just the little changes over time that are going to create the big change and it can seem scary because the change is big over time but it's just one day at a time maybe Mm. it's five minutes of sunlight Maybe it's calling a friend and going, Hey, I just want to chat. Can you tell me something that's going to make me laugh or, you know, finding that support that is going to benefit you in the long run that maybe does seem like it's really hard at the the time because it is a big Mm. thing. Um, And it's just over time, you will feel better. And it, it's also, it does get better.
0: Well, and I wish to, like I remember hearing people speak from like a positive psychology perspective and me just being like, oh, fuck off. Like, it's not that easy. Like, you don't get it. Or it's like, yeah, I think happy thoughts. Like, f- shut up. Love yourself. <laughs> Like, and the more I started researching neuroplasticity and neuropsychology and reading works by things, people like jo- Dr. Joe Dispenza, you look through all of these amazing philosophical books as well. They all say the same thing. And now there's medical science pointing to it as well. The reason people say things like focus on happy thoughts or think positively is because when you change your thoughts, you can convince yourself to feel better. Yeah. So things like me saying, go and play or listen to stand-up comedy, whatever makes you laugh, you feel better. So then you start acting in ways that make you feel better. And then you think more positive thoughts and it becomes the cyclical thing. Like it's not magic necessarily. It's, you can look at it from a spiritual energetic perspective, or you can look at it scientifically um, and physiologically. Like you actually have to, when the negative thought comes in, fake it till you feel, it, choose a positive thought and choose it closest to what you can, to what you actually believe. Get yourself to feel good and then do good. And you can do the reverse. Like for me, what happened is I went and started with my body. So I started doing a lot of trauma release somatically, physiologically, got to feel good in my body. Sexual empowerment and exploring my sexual body was a huge part, like the sensuality, because it got me back in my body from sexuality and sensuality being separate things, the sense being using my senses to feel again, I got to feel good by learning to like, I'm caressing my arms, they can't see, but doing like a self massage allowed my body to feel good and feel safe. It regulated my central nervous system and to rest and digest. So then I could feel loving thoughts from my yoga teacher, my friend, my cat, whatever. And then I could change my thoughts to more positive thoughts. So you can go either way. You can start bottom up or you can start start top down. And a lot of research is pointing to a lot of our trauma healing actually comes bottom up so if you can go out and feel good physiologically then you you know i used to have fight with my ex-husband often like just sort of argue bicker be a bitch criticize every time i went for a run i'd be like i love you so much you're so great focus on all the positive things and it makes sense now because i think about the dopamine serotonin that i would have gotten from those experiences and then i could come back and feel good and then think better and then that would fade because i wouldn't deal with the root cause um Yeah. So there's so much power in just that physiology. Like you mentioned, deal with your stomach, deal with your physiology, get some sunlight, get sleep, start with the base of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Start with your physiology. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Start back at basics. Absolutely. And I think your example of movement can be really easy to understand because it's something that a lot of people do. We just move our body naturally, whether it's light walk or going to the gym and lifting weights. It's Mm -hmm. so common for a lot of people and recognizing how you feel after that and then mapping it across and being like okay so if I can do that with my body Mm. in this form of wanting to feel better in my physical health how can I benefit that for my mental health or how can I benefit that for my relationships or my career and all these things like every yeah you can you can map everything across into every area of your life so find what works for you
0: That's a great point, too, because like, yeah, you don't necessarily want to go to the gym or want to go for the run. Right. But you do it. And it's the same with mindset. It's like you sometimes want to feel sorry for yourself and blame people and be like, well, that sucks. My boss is a dick. It's like, okay, you could just like you could sit on the couch or you could go for the run. And the mindset version is or you could flip it and go, well, they're doing the best that they can. Mm -hmm. And so am I. And they probably had a shitty boss above them or, you know, maybe they've never learned better. And if you choose that perspective over and over, just like you choose to get up and to get your ass to the gym or choose to get up and go for the run or do the yoga session, it starts to become habit because you change yeah, change thought, change feeling, change doing or change doing, change feeling, change thought. Play with both ways and see what works for you. The physiology has been a huge part of it for me It's just learning to feel calm because yes. I had an environment as a child that was fine and yet it dysregulated me and I didn't feel safe. So once I learned to feel safe in my own physiology, I felt like I could actually experience my emotions, witness them with love and compassion and deal with how I was thinking and start like the way I th- my internal thoughts used to be like, man, you're so stupid. You're such an idiot. How'd you fuck that up? Now it's like, Oh, that's cute. Oh, why'd you do that? Oh, okay. Well, did that work? Do you want to try something different? Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Isn't it? Oh yeah. That's frustrating for you because you haven't done it before. That's okay. You keep going. Cause you're going to learn it. Like, what do you need? Do you need support? Do you need a break? Like, how do you be the loving parent or the lover that you wish you had to yourself in your head, to your body and, and honor that all of your thoughts and emotions are valid and you get to just witness them with loving compassion and getting there is a fun adventure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And with that, um, with the thought process as well, it's interesting that our brain actually can't recognize what's right or wrong or real or not real as well. So it may seem hard to comprehend how to just change a positive, uh, sorry, a negative thought to a positive, but your brain actually doesn't recognize the difference. It's only understanding what you're telling
0: it. Yeah. So if your negative self-talk is continually going, you actually can just start tricking it by lying to yourself until you believe it.
2: Yeah. So even if your outside reality doesn't quite match up to these new thoughts that you want to create, they eventually mm-hmm. will. Yeah. Because and
0: eventually fine. you start making the changes to make sure it does. Like when mm-hmm. I was in that not healthy relationship, I realized that like, he was reflecting to me the internal dialogue that I had. So as I changed my internal dialogue, like there's no way I enter relationships like that anymore, or that's even a possibility, right? You start to, people around you just start to shift and reflect back to you what you're thinking and feeling, or you leave environments where they aren't because you know, you know now you're worth. You know now you're good enough and you take steps to create the environment around you that you know you deserve mm-hmm.
2: definitely yeah it's like what you're focusing on you'll, you'll find
0: yeah and i love that there's so much science around it like hmm. i didn't I, yeah. i'm reading think and grow rich right now have you read that before
2: great book i'm reading it as well
0: there's an audiobook on youtube that's free guys because a friend of mine lent it to me and then i was found it was being read out loud on youtube it's like 10 hours of read aloud i'm like great i'm already at chapter four um and it's another example of what in the past I would have been like woo woo or and when I now cuz I've read Joe Dispenza's work I understand the mindset the feeling the doing that that's what that book's talking about too is like you just set your sight on something you believe it and you hold on to the desire of it and you create it cuz that's where your attention's constantly going and the neuroplasticity element continues to affirm that that like we get to change the way we're thinking it has to be conscious and continual and so you actually can look up the science around changing your brain changing your thoughts and then it doesn't feel like oh affirmations are for hippies or you know manifesting is magic it's like it's actually just focusing where your attention goes intentionally so that you continue to take action and put energy towards what you want to create mm. yeah. although i like the magic side of it more it's more fun to see it that way
2: Magic side is way more fun. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's interesting. I um, I was one of those people that just thought everything was woo-woo. I thought, oh, that doesn't yeah, make same. any sense. Oh, um, the shit that I
0: say now, I wouldn't have said two years ago until I read The Science That Matches Up. And I'm like, oh, yes. it's the same thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. People like statistics. I mean, I'm such a science nerd. I loved science in school. Don't know why. I'm just one of those weirdos. And um, it wasn't until about June last year, maybe slightly soon, like prior to that, that I started going to a few events where they talked about energy and they talked about spirituality and then they showed me the science behind it. And I was like, I can make sense of this now. Like I can confidently, even if I don't understand it completely, it makes sense enough for me to go, okay, this is legit. I'm
0: going to play with it.
2: Yeah. Let me play with it. Let me work with it. Let me see how I can actually utilize this to my benefit because the more we close ourselves off to the idea of all these things, the, the, the more resistance we're going to have when things do come up.
0: Well, I think if you're willing to look, like history has given us so many false gods, right? Mm -hmm. Like you look all the way back through history. Like I believe Jesus's message was completely distorted and uh, and taken over for control. And there's lots of books about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And this recognition that we are each our own God and religion has come in as our new God, or sorry, religion did and then science did because suddenly everything's quantifiable. And it's like, it's not, everything in life isn't quantifiable. There's so much subjective experience and there's so much qualitative data that holds merit. So if you're willing to look, there's outlying circumstances that are equally as valid that now, again, work like Dr. Joe Dispenza does shows the anomalies and there's no explanation and this recognition that science is limited as well because it's about what we can measure and you can't measure everything you can't measure desire you can't measure hope and they're still valid you can't measure belief so when we eliminate our willingness to explore those things and experience them we're eliminating part of what it means to be human so limiting yourself with materialism as a perspective of the world is, is ignorant. And it's a place I lived for a long time. So I get, if you're not there and I encourage you to keep seeking and looking like in my story, I talk about how I prayed my way out of my religion and then I prayed and read and prayed and read until I stopped praying. And then I just read. And then when I came back to a sense of openness to something beyond, which I still don't have a name for and don't need one, just a recognition that belief and faith hold power, is I started to read and journal and meditate, which you could kind of look at as prayer, yeah. and then I like I, I added both back in, and yet they aligned. Like there was this recognition that now I, I, I know that I cr- I'm the creator of my reality. So I I speak to myself and I speak to spirit or source or universe or whatever. I speak to something beyond just the material, in the recognition that the future me already exists. I just have to keep taking action towards it.
2: Can you explain that in a little bit more depth for those that may have never heard that um, saying that you are the creator of your reality? Mm.
0: Well, I think, again, there's two ways you can look at it. For those who are more science minded, you can look at it from the neurological perspective that what you believe you perceive. So scientific data shows over and over that when you believe in something, you'll find evidence for it. And that observer um, perspective, that sense of the observer experiment, which you can go look at, like by observing something, we change the outcome based on our intention or expectation. So there's scientific data that's going, what the heck we can't even, how are things changed by being observed? So, and from a more spiritual perspective, it's like, again, where you put your attention, all of your emotional and physical energy goes towards that. So, then if you believe you're a piece of shit, you start looking for evidence that you're a piece of shit. If you believe this was my past belief, all men are avoidant. That's all I would see and all I would allow myself to recognize and all I would be attracted to. And when I started changing my perspective and my belief, I started finding more and more evidence for that. So in that way you create your reality, right? Like I believed I could only make a certain amount of money for so long. So those are the jobs I applied for. Those are the jobs I even looked for. That's all I asked for. And as I change my belief around that, I started allowing more to come in. Yeah. So I think it's a very practical thing that can be spiritualized in a way that can push some people away from getting it, from like making sense of it and applying it. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. I um, would highly recommend the book,
0: actually, that you would recommend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that you're just like, here it is. I'm yeah, I actually just off. started seeing a gentleman who had read a lot of the same books. And um, that was one of the ones I kept talking. He's like, you need to read this. You need to read this. He said it about seven times on our second date. And I was like, I'm sold. Like, I'm in. And so he ended up <laughs> lending it to me. And then I found the YouTube video and was like, Great, I can read it and I can listen to it. So yeah, I'm like literally in there just being like, poo. not a lot of new, but a lot of like reconfirming what I've read and and now can make sense of from so many different perspectives, including like the scientific explanation of neuroplasticity and yeah, focusing your mindset on what you want.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like if we're not we don't currently have the results that we want and um our bank account doesn't actually show the results that we want either, then we might as well keep learning the same thing because it hasn't actually solidified in our, mm. um, in our mind and in our t- into our reality really at the end of the day. I
0: yeah.
2: will more than happily read a book again if I haven't got enough from it, if I think that I missed something or if someone told me something from a book and I go, oh, okay, I read that and I don't remember re- like, hearing that. Like You will always get something new from the information that you've been told that you already know, like in close, already know. If you walk around saying, oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. Just check your reality.
0: That used to be me. I thought I knew everything. (laughs) And even in that book, they're really good with the editor's comments to be like, many of you may be sitting there thinking right now that you are, you understand the concept. You can make sense of it. Therefore, you don't actually need to say it out loud Mm -hmm. or practice it daily and that you cognitively get it. Like, don't be an arrogant twat, basically. (laughs) Yeah, like it takes the embodiment and it, that comes to the science again of you can't just think it because that sits neurologically you need to get the physiological neurotransmitters and hormones involved in it so you feel it yeah. because then when you feel it you'll change the way you act and behave and it's the behavior that's going to bring you whatever it is you're manifesting right so i think a lot of people get stuck going like but i'm thinking about it all the time it's like can you like literally when i manifest or create or change my reality for the type of relationship I'm creating and desiring. Like I feel it. I hear him whisper in my ear. I feel him on my body touching me. I imagine what it will look like to hold our first child. Like I let my body feel the joy and the gratitude of it. That's how I meditate on it. And then I touch myself in those ways. I talk to myself in those ways. I find friends who treat me in those ways. I enter communities that support me like that and anything else is out of my life, like one of the posts I made recently was something like, like learn how to fuck yourself and to blow your mind because then you won't stand for a lesser standard of behavior, right? Like when you learn to love yourself really deeply, then when someone treats you poorly, you're like, why would I, what? No, bye. Goodbye. Like, goodbye. And I think a lot of us get stuck, especially as people who desire to be touched and and loved sexually or sensually, you know? people are like but it's not the same I'm like could it be like could you pay for a massage and teach them how to do it could you find your loving friends and say hey can you tickle my back can you play with my hair
2: Mm.
0: like there might not be the erotic sexual element but all those sensual ways of being held and touched like I have beautiful friends that will hug me for so long that I get so much oxytocin flowing through my body Mm. and if you start with yourself so that's what you're willing to Except you won't accept any less of those lower standards of behavior. You're like, I can fuck myself better than that. Like I can love myself better than that. Like bye. Bye. So yeah, there is Yeah. So it takes that. It takes that. It feels crazy. Like I was talking to a coach the other day who's like you feel delusional because there isn't evidence for what you're creating until there is like when you're building something entrepreneurial or you're setting your mind on something you want to create from that neuroplasticity perspective like you're thinking it, you're feeling it you're trying to do it you're doing it and yet there's no evidence for it yet so you almost feel delusional because you're like no i all i know is i'm going to start this podcast like you did you know i'm going to do these certifications i'm going to keep taking action towards this thing and i have to create my own reward system for it along the way because i'm not going to get necessarily as many measurable points as our brain and bodies are wired for in this current society that gives us a lot of immediate gratification i'm going to need to just trust and keep taking action
2: a hundred percent a hundred percent and that's why i mean for me personally in the past that was why i didn't take the action because i hadn't who was I to start a podcast who was I to start a business who was I to do anything that I've done in my life up until this point point? and you the only way to become that person is to start yeah and to do the thing like you can't wake up you can't be born out of the womb and have all these results right we create results over time and there are no limitations either mm-hmm. so in order to so for example I'm becoming a trainer at the moment I'm doing my trainer's training course this weekend. And it's something I always wanted to do, but I had no evidence that I was capable of doing it. And it took me, I finished high school in 2016. It's now 2023. So for seven years, I've wanted to do this.
0: This is training personal trainers to be trainers?
2: No. So this is to learn how to speak and train on stage.
0: To train people in what? In In a
2: room. In a room. So to learn the basics of standing on a stage and, presenting to a room of people
0: okay cool I thought you meant like a specific like paper or certification okay
2: no no well, I I don't know whether that comes with it or not but it's actually oh, just sure. physically learning the steps and yes. embodying all that and learning how to present it on stage and through high school I knew this was something that I wanted to do I saw people come yeah. in and um, speak in like the auditorium come talk about drugs and how to drive safely mm. and mental health and all these things and I was like that is what I want to do. I had no idea how I was going to do it. No idea whatsoever. But I just knew at the time that I wanted to do it. So I started putting myself out there and I got knocked back in school so often. It was like, nope, someone else is better at doing that than you so they can do it and, like, all these things. So I had all this evidence that I wasn't able to do it, right? Mm. And even for some, like, they might not even have evidence that they're not able to do it, but then it's enough to know that there's no evidence yet that they can.
0: Mm.
2: So it's just shifting that perspective and going, well, you can, you can't, you can, you can't, but the choice is up to you at the end of the day and whether Mm -hmm. or not you have evidence yet doesn't mean that there won't be evidence in the future and the only way to find out is to give it a go. So this is one of the most terrifying things that I've ever done because it comes so close to what my dreams were as a child. Like it's the closest thing possible currently and it's terrifying and also if it doesn't scare you, then it's probably not for you.
0: Well, I love that recognition too that like fear and excitement feel the same in the body. So they both give you that adrenaline rush, right? And so if you can choose to perceive it as excitement and take action anyway, like noting that fear does not is not indicative of danger. Mm -hmm. It's indicative of uncertainty and much of life is uncertain. Like the more we look at think I was listening. Again, it's probably in Think and Grow Rich, they were talking about how a lot of times within technology, they start creating something knowing that the technology that they need in to join the pieces together to make it all work often doesn't exist at the time and they start creating it anyway knowing that by then they'll found a way or someone will have found a way to make this work and like my like mobile phones would have felt obscene 300 years ago like yeah you'll just put the piece of metal up to your face and talk to someone else on the other side of the world or we'll shoot a rocket to space like all of these most amazing creations in the human experience people have been told they're insane to sure. even consider never mind aim to create and so you have to be willing to feel crazy because it's uncertain. There isn't evidence for what you're creating. And the more you take action, the more you're gonna get closer and closer to that. All of those failures are feedback on what doesn't work. Like the, the invention of the light bulb and the Mac computer, they talk about how many times they had to iterate to create these things. And now they're a principal part of our, of our experience here in 2023. Like, I can't imagine what would have happened if everyone who failed stopped. If everyone who was scared didn't take the action it's and you have to be willing to stand for yourself. And that's why coaches are so fucking powerful because they're believing in themselves and doing something that's uncertain and they're confident in their resolve. They desire it intensely and they bring that and they share that with you. So they share their knowing and their confidence with you so you can decide what you want And they can hold you to it and they can keep you looking at it and they can keep you motivated to keep you inspired so you can transform your life and that's so badass that that's what you get to do for yourself every day
2: yeah absolutely because you're going to be
0: on a stage training in god knows what Mm -hmm. and that's just because you believed and you kept the desire forefront and you kept going
2: yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and at the same time i used to measure fear on a reason why i shouldn't do something And now use it as the reason why I should, because if it scares me, it means it's important. Totally. Like if you're living a life that doesn't scare you in some sort of way, like you're just, oh yeah, making the waves, going on with your day, which is fine. Some people want that Mm. in their life. And I have to recognize that some people, that's okay. But if you're Mm. someone who doesn't want that, and that is the way your life is currently going, find the little things in your life that kind of scare you a little bit. It can start on a small scale. Yeah. I just find the fears and follow that because I can almost guarantee that it's going to lead you to a really beautiful life because if it scares you, it's important.
0: Totally. Have you read um The, Al- the Alchemist? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Another too great too. one. You know, she's like, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. yes. So that's another one I reread recently. And the first time I read it was like, what is this shit? Like, I don't know, whatever. I didn't even finish it. And then I someone recommended it and then i was walking somewhere and a guy was reading it and i saw and i was like oh okay it's time to read this again and this time i got something so different from it because i was ready because i'm actually taking the steps now And you look at like terms like i use playfully with hashtags like awakening or woke or, like awakening um spiritual awakening i think for me that's when you come out of just being okay with that not feeling afraid you come out of just being willing to exist and you actually start to live and from that language borrowed from the alchemist like you start exploring your personal legend, or you start on your hero's journey, like you wake up to the fact that you could just exist and you could die, or you could tune in to what actually you're called for. And this is where I start feeling like a hippie spiritual and I'm just okay with it now. It's like, you actually believe that there's a purpose for you and you start living towards a purpose and you choose that purpose and you just set your sights on it in the alchemist you know he goes this way and he's a hundred percent certain and then the world's like bump it about and he goes this way and he goes a hundred percent certain and then he goes bump it about like he reroutes so many times and the laughter in that is that he goes like all of that's happened for me all of that misstep actually took me towards what i needed the way that that book concludes is just a perfect reminder that when you're about to give up is when you're just at the precipice of the magic that you're here for, for your intention, for your most incredible life. And the same thing in Think Rich. Um, what was it? Think and Grow Rich. There's so many stories of the people who are just about to give up or just did give up and the, um, the wealth or the reward that came just after that.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. I like to use the analogy of a plane. Like when you think about a plane going from Sydney to LA, it's never on track, ever maybe once i don't know i've never flown, flown a plane right but it's never just going directly in one straight line to la yeah you
0: watch that on the navigation system sometimes yeah, you're it's like good. what the heck or would they re- no that's just where they need to go okay cool yeah
2: exactly they're like it's redirect. not like they said the
0: compass direct and they're like this way the whole way mm-hmm. there's things that
2: impact it, like the wind um other planes around right they're not the only plane in the sky you know you have got a they're navigate their way to in the right direction in the best way that's going to get you there and sometimes there's turbulence sometimes there's things that they need to divert to get there and it's the same with life you're never going to be in a straight linear direction there's always going to be speed bumps there's always going to be diversions there's always going to be uh, reroutes and it's accepting that that is okay and that it's doesn't mean you're not going to get to your destination. It just means that it's bumping the road.
0: And even if you can look at it with fun and yes. gratitude, like I've been in some shitty, shitty situations and laughing and just being like, okay, this is the next adventure. Like, what can I learn from this? Like, how do you bring levity to it? How do you laugh? Like, I think about my relational ventures um, because one of the biggest things I think a large part of my personal legend is learning to love, like actually love. Because a lot of what society shows us is covert control and manipulation and people-pleasing. And we don't feel seen and heard. And A lot of people medicate, use drugs, antidepressants, Xanax, you know, whatever to feel less or feel more. And I know that there's a deeper level of love possible because I've experienced that with myself. And I'm experiencing it with friends. And I know that that person I'm going to share that experience with is out there. Um, another great book is the honeymoon effect where you rewire your neuroplasticity to continually create the honeymoon effect in a loving relationship. And that you can start with yourself. So yeah, for me, like I'm in love with myself so much now that it's like without that other person, I actually just feel so much joy and gratitude almost every day. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, there's moments of days where the same way you're, you know, you're having a shitty expression or experience. And then I just start laughing and I go like, how do i make this fun or how do i be like yeah you fucked that up so <laughs> like whatever yeah. like how do you remember that all of this actually is so much fun and like that you don't have the money you want okay you don't have the car you want okay you don't have the job you want okay like have fun along the way decide what you want and then believe you can have it and keep going towards it and the whole journey there is amazing like you get to just be and find ways to have fun along the way. Like right now, because I don't have a partner, the things I get to do with my time, like I'm in this theater production that brings me so much joy. Um, I exercise more. I, my cat gets lots of snuggles. Like I do whatever I want when I want. I spend my money where I want. Like, how can you look at every circumstance you're in and go, how do I enjoy here while following the journey to where I'm going? Um, and it's like, yeah, there's so much amazing stuff. I remember watching people, reading about people just being like, just look at the wind and the sun and the trees. And I was like, suck a dick. Like, and I get it now. Like, it's actually coming into each moment present. And, like, I forget. It's not like I'm, like, walking around like, the time and yet i continually come back to like how do i just experience gratitude and get those feel-good hormones going through my body for things like i walk barefoot in the grass and look at the sky and get the serotonin from the sun Mm. and the dopamine and the you know the the energy from the grass from a physiological perspective it's like ah, it gets to be so fun and easy and peaceful
2: absolutely and equally it gets to be both as well, Mm, because I do believe that there's a lot of people out there right now just being airy-fairy and going, I had this conversation with a friend yesterday when I was recording and it's like both serve purpose, both are so vital, like oh yeah, you have to learn how to live in the moment and also if you're constantly living in the moment, what are you moving towards?
0: Yeah, well, and the moment, what I heard you alluding to is the moment can be shitty sometimes, so even when like I'm on a coaching call with my coach the other day, and I'm like totally out of effect, just like blaming. I'm just like, I'm so sick of myself. And I'm like crying and I'm mad. And I'm like, I feel like I'm almost there, but like I'm in my own way and I know that. And she's just smiling at me the whole time, holding so much love, just being like, hey, v, I love you. And I'm like, I know. And am like, I'm like, throwing a little temper tantrum like sometimes yeah like it, along this journey there's moments where I've just laid on the floor and cried and but like I'm lonely mm. where where is someone who knows that life is what you create and will love me the way I love myself like fuck I'm sick of waiting and there are moments where I'm like pissed off because I'm paying my rent and I don't have money to go on a trip like I have enough and I'm like okay so enjoy that you have not enough or just barely enough and like feel all of it because all of this is part of being human like the shitty shit is part of what you get to experience as well like the devastation the grief all of it it's just the human like find a way to be in all of it like be present to all of that and that's where you then create momentum and take action like yeah i'm not walking around smoking weed just being like tree. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> like i'm out there being like yeah i want to create shit like i want to do podcasts i want to post i want to motivate people like all of that yin and yang mask and femme stuff is all part of it and all of those emotions that you don't want to feel are actually pretty powerful to experience and help you appreciate the other ones that you get to experience at a higher vibrational level
2: so powerful so powerful i love this conversation so much and i know that we could probably talk all day to this.
0: (laughs) I'm like, uh, and let's do it. Okay. Six hours from now.
2: (laughs) I uh, will be mindful of the time though. And Mm. I have one last question for you. If you could go back and speak to a younger version of yourself, Mm. what's one thing you'd tell them?
0: You're so deeply loved Mm. and you just need to look for it and allow yourself to receive it and i know you don't feel it right now but you got you and it's all going to be okay it all gets to be great yeah and that's a huge part of what i think we get to do is like go back and actually speak to our inner child as much as it needs to remind it of that yeah because those inner stories that happen when we're in our imprint period neurologically can really mess us up and help us forget Mm -hmm. and have us live in a way that doesn't serve us so yeah go back and do it go back and talk to your little girl your little boy and just tell them they're badass tell them they're loved tell them that they're safe i do that often And go back and just be like hey you're safe so yeah i think continually go back and tell her she's so loved and it wasn't her fault Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that i made believe are my fault that had me self-sabotage or self-sacrifice because i thought i had to be something different like you're so loved it's not your fault you get to be all of you that's another one you get to be all of you and you'll be loved for that Mm.
2: i love that so much and i'm gonna leave it there with a beautiful message that i think a lot of people can sit with and um i took a lot away from that actually and always projections in front of me yeah. So I love that. So thank you for sharing. Where can everyone find you? Keep in touch, listen to your podcast, please. Oh
0: thank you for asking. Yes. This is what I get to do for other people. I'm excited. I get to do this in someone else's space. Um, I mostly play on Instagram, which is Veronica Jane underscore Jane is J A Y N E. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a bit on Facebook. I think officially it's Veronica Jane one, one. Um, mostly Facebook, mostly Instagram is my play, play space. And then my podcast is on five different portals, the two main being Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which is This Isn't Me podcast, all about the ways that we create these false identities, lie to ourselves, pretend, hide, and become a different, like at least less authentic version of ourselves, a less integrous version of ourselves. And how do we reframe it? So a lot of it's sharing other people's stories, sharing my story, and then reframing those limitations so that we keep changing our mindset and create the life we love and create, allow ourselves to be the version that we are.
2: Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. I love your podcast, by the way.
0: Thank um, you. It's so much fun to create.
2: It is so much fun. I love people's
0: yeah. feedback. So yeah, if anyone does tune in and want to give me feedback, I'm always looking for what people love and what they think would add more value. So thank That's
2: you. It. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I truly appreciate this so much. And um, See. we'll be talking soon.
0: Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode as much as we loved creating it, we'd love your support in helping us grow the show. The more you talk about this podcast, the more people who will know we exist and the more impact we'll be able to create, right? So if you could hit that follow button and share today's episode with a friend or on your socials so we can work together to help support each other to really step into that powerfully on purpose life that we all desire. Thank you again. Have an epic week and keep being you.